0: Guys, welcome to Psyched, Combos on Psychology, Relationships, and Personal Growth. I'm Nicole. And I'm Laura. And today we're going to be talking about shame. So, to dive in, I think most people probably have an idea of what shame is or have at least felt it before in the past, but it is a self conscious emotion where we believe that we are flawed or unworthy of love and belonging or just think of ourselves as. Uh, less valuable than other human beings.
1: Yeah, based on uh, shame definition by psychologist Dr. Joseph Burgo, um, he says, and this makes so much sense that it really is a whole family of emotions that uh, make you self aware and give you really an unpleasant, they make you self aware in a very unpleasant painful way um so a lot of the different types of emotions could be like self-consciousness embarrassment humiliation you know guilt mortification even and sometimes you know these feelings we can feel them mildly and more temporarily um but for for others uh it can go much deeper than that and last longer yeah
0: and i think it depends on what it is too, because you, because everyone can have multiple things that there sh- feel shame about. And some I'm sure are going to be, um, a lot more deep rooted and long lasting while others are going to be a little more short, t- short term, and maybe not be as, um, a big deal to us.
1: Right. Right. And you also can feel shame in, in phys- physiological ways. Like, um, you know, when you, when you blush or you, kind of avert your gaze. Some people really feel like they want to just hide or disappear. So those are feelings, you know, those physiological feelings that we have along with those emotions. So,
0: right. Right. Um, And shame can be triggered by a lot of different reasons. So there's people can cause us shame. They can cause us to feel shame. It can be also the circumstances that we're in, or it can be just a failure to meet your own inner Expectations or standards, so it really just depends, and it there's a lot of huge multitude of reasons and uh, different things to feel shameful about.
1: I do think that we all, of course, experience shame. Uh, I think that's a very normal feeling, and typically for most people, or hopefully for most people, it's a fleeting emotion, mm-hmm. but. Uh, More people who tend to experience it more often have experienced uh, trauma, possibly, most probably from growing up in a toxic environment, uh, Mm -hmm. usually with primary caregivers. So that instills a sense of lack of self-worth. And along with that comes a lot of shame. Uh, So at a certain level, everybody experiences shame. Um, And the latest studies are showing that there's an evolutionary value to that, you know, so biologically, it's an emotion that's encoded in us uh, really for this, uh, for survival, because when back a long time ago, when we were in smaller groups of people, we really had to make sure the group was cohesive and um, supported each other. So if anyone went out of line, that was a cause for possibly ruining their ability to survive. So it was to, to enforce that, you know, to assure that there was survival of the group. So,
0: well, that makes a lot of sense. It seems like when you have to have, you have to have that feeling of that you've done something wrong or that you shouldn't be doing a certain behavior because, if to kind of create that sense of community within a group, if everyone's going off and doing their own thing and no one has the same sort of values, then that community community will probably fall apart. Um, So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think to have, to experience that shame and otherwise you, yeah, like you said, it's for survival because otherwise you'd probably be more an outcast or on the outside of things.
1: Right. Right. So, and if you were an outcast back then, there was there was nowhere to go. <laughs> now, right, of course, right, we exactly. can go to other people, find other people. But but the, but back then there weren't that many people. So so right. so that's interesting. And basically,
0: yeah. basically, you're saying yeah, there, it's impossible to avoid shame. Obviously, like we said, it there's an evolutionary reason for that. And even though now it maybe doesn't serve that same purpose, I think. Do you think there is Good to have that feeling, that feeling of shame. Like, is there a, a positive thing that we can take from that?
1: Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think that shame still plays a part in that, you know. If you're you know, not doing the right thing in your family circle, mm-hmm. you know, it's possible to feel that shame. Uh, but I don't think obviously it's not related to your survival to so much as it was in the past
0: well it seems like this having that sense of shame at some point will kind of help you form your value system and kind of keep your morality at some points because obviously there's a reason I guess for some things to have shame like obviously like killing someone or robbing people like you're gonna hopefully maybe get a sense of shame from that and that's because it's you shouldn't be doing that
1: right right it work mm mm-hmm I think it relates to having a conscience, you know, and then yeah. recognize um, that behaviors that you do can hurt people. And if that's, you know, so it if you have a conscience and you don't and you see yourself as someone that you don't want.
0: So would you say that feelings of shame are caused more by childhood or adult experiences or which ones maybe have that larger impact on us?
1: I think that a lot of it, well, particularly if you have severe shame, you know, that deep lasting shame, I think that would uh, come from childhood experience and possibly um, caregivers, you know, primary caregivers that were toxic, that did not meet your needs in a healthy way. Right. So I think that that would lend to that more. I think there could be some other outside factors. If, for, you know, you were with a teacher that was very critical or whatever, right. uh, I suppose can impact you as well. But if you, if the core, if the beginning, if the primary caregivers were supportive and gave you what you needed, I think that's a protective factor. Then those outside circumstances don't affect. The person as much.
0: That makes sense. And I mean, obviously, we're forming a lot of views about ourselves and um, who we are in those younger years. And so it makes sense that if we have shame surrounding a certain topic, it was probably more likely developed when we were younger. Yeah. But do you have an example then of potentially an adult experience that someone could go through that would cause them to have a similar sense of like a deep, long lasting sense of shame over something? does that, can that happen in adulthood too?
1: Yeah. Well, I think if you are in an emotionally abusive relationship, Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes that entails uh, the, the abuser to isolate the victim and they lose their sense of self and start believing what the abuser says about Mm -hmm. them. So I think in that case, you know, that could uh, be an experience where you develop that later in adulthood. Uh-huh. Um, but again, I think typically you wouldn't get into that kind of relationship if you didn't have that earlier experience in childhood, that kind of upbringing.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Uh,
1: unless, for example, let's say you were kidnapped, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, and then they were, who knows. So well, you just but through, then, like, of course,
0: a traumatic experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it could potentially. But like I said, I think you're m- much more able to deal with it in a healthy way if your upbringing was healthy right. emotionally,
0: right. supportive
1: emotionally of you than if you didn't have that.
0: So then, even if you go through a trauma when you're an adult, you probably don't necessarily have those long lasting feelings of shame over whatever that trauma was because your childhood was a lot healthier and you don't have really well, a lot of that to follow you.
1: So you are definitely able to handle traumas later in life much better if you had an upbringing that was not traumatic. Um, and that can be any, you know, if your primary, again, going back to primary caregivers, mm-hmm. you know, it does, you know, it is, it, it is what it is. It does happen if you did not have the care That you needed for emotional stability growing up that makes you more vulnerable to these, to experiencing really deep shame. Mm -hmm. Um, So, if you did have that um, healthy upbringing, then you're not going to take that, you know, take that to heart too much in your life and you're going to be able to get over it in a much better, quicker way. Right.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Um, Yeah. So, now I kind of wanted to. dive into a little different topic. So a lot of people, I think, have a confusion between shame and guilt. And maybe some people think that they're the same thing or to some people probably similar, but there is a really big key difference between shame and guilt. And um, that difference is so guilt. Is really just you're remorseful over a bad behavior that you displayed, but you have this sense of urge to talk about it with people. You want to get that off your chest. You kind of want to say it, get it out, let it go, and get over it. Whereas shame, it's not over just one specific bad behavior that you did, it's thinking that you are bad as a person. Like internally, you're just a bad person, you're not as deserving of um, love and belonging and connection, and you're not as deserving with good things to happen to you as other people are. And so when you have that sense of self, when, you're, when you just don't feel like you live up to other people, you're more likely to conceal that. You don't have that urge to talk about it. You don't want to share that with people. You want to keep that inside and hold that in. And that's really kind of creates that cycle, I think, and creates that spiral of shame too.
1: Right, right. Yeah, it's absolutely, um, you know, guilt is uh, exactly, it's, you know, oh, I, I feel guilty. Maybe I should have said Uh, something to that person you know they probably are upset with me that I didn't acknowledge something you know something like that right right
0: um
1: but shame yeah is is more about you yourself feeling um unworthy and um uh you know according to Brene Brown who's basically Mm -hmm. she calls herself a a shame researcher uh right exactly she (laughs) right right so she uh says that you know that we that shame continues for us when we fail to make connections with others. So Mm -hmm. like you were saying, you know, this fail to connect and they so you are trying to hide it, conceal it. Um and a lot of times that leads to thoughts like, you know, I'm the only one that feels that way. You know, so you're afraid to share that. And so you're losing that connection with people or you're seeing yourself as something's wrong with me. Um
0: right and you don't want to you don't want to display those feelings of shame and you you feel like because i think you don't think other people feel that way
1: right right so it is just the mere uh not connecting with people not sharing how you're feeling hiding it it's that hiding that keeps it going and makes it and reinforces it
0: so it seems like then shame causes probably people to feel I think it probably goes hand in hand with loneliness then too. In isolation, you probably don't feel like you can connect with people very well.
1: Absolutely. I think it Mm -hmm. does definitely create a sense of loneliness. And, um, you know, I, I think when we make, when we can make connections with people, when we, when we can share how we, um, you know, how we're feeling, if we're afraid that afraid about sharing that, that truly isolates us. We are social beings and we need to feel that connection to feel healthy and whole and good about ourselves. So,
0: well, and when you can't share something that's like so ingrained in you and like a big part of who you are, you probably feel like, Oh, no one actually really knows me. And that like loses that sense of real connection with people when you don't feel like, people can really get to know who you are and, or you're afraid of sharing who you really are.
1: Absolutely. Right. Yeah.
0: So the, so when these people then who have this a lot of shame, they probably feel very isolated, lonely. Um, what are sort of the types of behaviors that they're displaying? Because I know that there's probably some key things that we can look for um, with these people who have like much more stronger, deep, long lasting types of shame.
1: Yeah, I think um, people will, you know, in order to hide their shame, they'll become very defensive. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll want to blame others or deny, you know, what they're doing. Um, you know, that's that's one thing. I think um, they will tend to avoid people, of, you know, kind of withdraw. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also another sign of, of, of shame or a way to protect someone to protect themselves from shame is, is striving for f- perfectionism. So no one can see any flaw in them, you I know, see. so presenting mm-hmm. like this facade of this perfect person um, because they're too afraid to show who they really are. Right. Um, and then there's also um, <clears throat> people who will basically be self deprecating to themselves first. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a way that they feel that they can control their situation and rather than somebody else point out something to them, to them, they do it to themselves. Right. Um, and a really good example of that, or an extreme example of that would be, um, according to Dr. Joseph Fergo, um, mm-hmm. psychologist, um, an extreme example of that would be sadomasochism. So, you know, and especially, you know, if you think about it when um people have been sexually abused, typically women sexually abused growing up, a lot of times they'll become more sexual when they're older. Mm-hmm. And that is their way of finding some control right. um, over the experience they had in the past. And so, so as strange as, as opposite as you would think it is, it's, yeah. a, it's a way for them to feel in control
0: and gain that power yeah. back. Yeah,
1: exactly. Would you yeah. say
0: though that, um, so let's say take the like perfectionism person or the person who's using that self-deprecating, maybe humor sometimes, do they always, are the people who display those behaviors does that always come from a sense of shame? Or are there some people who are perfectionists just even without any shame behind it? And they just that's like their own thing.
1: Good question. <laughs> well, I think it it would always on some level come from some shame. On some level it it's someone experiences or just strives for that perfectionism because they don't fully accept themselves.
0: I was about to say, I kind of answered my own question when I said it. I think I was like, (laughs) Oh yeah. Like why else would they be like striving for this? They're obviously trying to almost like they're trying to prove something.
1: Like why would they have
0: feel that need to prove something if they weren't feeling like they, they were lacking in some other way.
1: Right. And it's just interesting how, when we talk about all these concepts, you know, the self-esteem, the, you know, shame and Mm -hmm. whatever, you know all kinds of topics it they it really overlaps they overlap and yeah. so yeah shame is a big part of self esteem you know um that kind of thinking i'm not good enough or i'm i'm the only one i mean that's a big that's a part of it
0: well and Absolutely. obviously like shame does have to if you have a lot of shame then you're more likely i'm sure to have low self esteem right right yes and then that I means would. so So we all know though, too, though, so I'm wondering, do, so narcissists have very low self-esteem. So I assume that they also have a lot of shame to go with that as well. Um,
1: I, yeah, I mean, I think they do. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they are, obviously they're so unaware of it that, that, you know, you would never see that. Um, But yeah, absolutely. It's, it's such. You know, they have such a deep level of, you know, lack of self-esteem mm-hmm. um, that, that it's just impossible for them, you know, for most of them to really allow anyone to, to even see that.
0: Right. Yeah. It's not even in their like consciousness.
1: Right. Their right. Awareness. So yeah. yeah, to to that point almost. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So now that we kind of have talked a lot about the behaviors around shame, what causes it, um, things like that, what is the best way, how would you improve shame? Because obviously it's not something that we would like to hold on to. It doesn't make us feel good. We all kind of want to try to get over it and work on it as much as possible. So what would be the best way do you think to improve shame?
1: So I think, some ways to help uh, get better at not or alleviating our shame is really becoming aware of, of what kind of stories we have in our head about what we think other people are thinking of us. Cause that's, that's our fear. We think that they're thinking these negative things about mm-hmm. us. And so we, we make assumptions, you know, and, but they're all based on our own internal uh, dialogue and oftentimes, if we check in with somebody else and ask them, you know, is that what you meant? Or something like that, you'll find out that there's a totally different story that that person is experiencing in their own head about what's going right. on. Oh, so, you know, we get so caught up in our own um, way of thinking or our own beliefs about ourselves that we we see, we feel like that's exactly what everyone else is seeing. And we have to be more, uh, take that chance of checking in. I think that would be, be considered becoming more vulnerable, be more open Mm -hmm. to hearing what's going on for you. Um, And that just goes along with, I think just exactly that being more open, uh, daring to, share the stories that are, you know, what you're feeling. And oftentimes you'll find that other people will say, Hey, yeah, I thought nobody else felt that. I'm so glad to hear you feel that way. You know, and it's just so interesting that, you know, that how once it's brought into the light, that, that shame, that thing that you've been carrying for so long is basically it dissipates because you took that risk. You took that risk to share it and open up and, Um, That truly is uh, one of the best ways to, you know, start working through the shame.
0: Right. Well, it sounds like you want to become aware first and recognize when you're kind of, I guess, jumping to conclusions or just assuming things, like you said, um, having that dialogue in your head before really even hearing from the other person, what they're actually thinking. So I think a lot of times we can overreact or jump to a conclusion about what another person is thinking of us before even talking to them out of, because based on what we feel shame about. And so when we actually are able to first stop and recognize that, has this person even like said anything about this? Have they alluded to this topic that I'm thinking of in my head, like kind of, you know, take a step back, look at that bigger picture And realize like, oh, this is something that I'm kind of making up in my head. And then instead of reacting in a certain way, which probably would turn into a fight or something negative or some sort of argument, you can take that step back. Ask them what they're thinking first and tell them and share them what you're thinking. And you can recognize that those probably don't even line up and they're not even thinking what you're thinking at all. And then that can kind of completely remove that whole situation that you would have had that could have turned bad.
1: Yeah. And actually there's a really good book that I, I like called the four agreements, mm-hmm. uh, a practical guide to personal freedom. Uh, it's written by Don Miguel Ruiz. And I hope I said that right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but two of them, I won't go through the four, but two of them, one of the agreements. Um, so the one of them that I'm thinking of is the, um, He says, don't make any assumptions. And I think that goes along perfectly with this. You know, we do kind of go through the world a lot of times thinking that everyone's focusing on us, making um, criticism of us and all that. And I think generally, actually people are probably doing the same thing in their own head in terms of thinking, well, what are those people people thinking? (laughs) Most people are thinking about themselves. They're not really thinking about you. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, you know in a way it's almost it's the reverse of it's the self-centeredness to you know you think the whole world's thinking about you right. <laughs> but in a negative way you know but really they're not and exactly. um and it, yeah and then that the, one of the other ones is um don't take anything personally so again we're all kind of living in the world in our own heads and so if somebody comes by and says something negative to you it's really related to what they, uh, what they're going through. If, right. And, you know, you may experience, you know, if you take that in personally, it may trigger you to feel some shame. And I mm-hmm. think that's where you have to question, you know, kind of take a step back and say, okay, is that really related to me or perhaps that person is struggling on, you know, with their well, own stuff. Cause I feel like generally. someone
0: would never have that strong reaction and make us feel so bad about themselves if they themselves were okay and happy and like a healthy, well-adjusted person, they would not feel that need to put you down or to say things negative about you or to criticize you because they don't, there's, when you're a healthy person who is happy with themselves, have healthy self-esteem, there's no reason to do that to anyone else at that point.
1: Right, and again, it comes down to, yeah, when people are judging you or talking critically toward you, it is about them. Mm-hmm. Um, see, nobody, nobody's experiencing your world. Nobody's experiencing um, isn't your biological makeup. Right. So, for somebody to criticize or put you down, that means that they understand your world better than they do. Right. But they don't. Right. They can't possibly. And they never will. Exactly. <laughs> so, truly, really, you know, when you really start grasping that you realize, you know, I think shame can be lifted because you aren't taking it. You aren't making assumptions about what people are thinking. You aren't um, taking things in personally Mm -hmm. and you're more Mm -hmm. grounded in your own self. Right. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, (laughs) I think we've covered it all. Thanks so much for listening, guys. You can follow us. We're on Instagram at Psyched Convos. We're on Facebook at Psyched Convos. You can also email us with any feedback or questions you have regarding this topic or any of our past topics or even anything related just to psychology, relationships, personal growth, or you can email our uh, combos at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you could also rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, that would be awesome as well. And we'll talk to you next week.